Hi there, and welcome to our first proper episode um, for BizShiz, our podcast. So the idea behind this podcast, as well as, you know, obviously getting guests on and talking about up-to-date issues that will hopefully help people. I'm a fan of many different podcasts myself, um, so it's just a case of trying to put um, a lot of our written content into an audio form as well to reach new people and just to get more information out there and have more people come back and get in touch and, um, you know, have a bit of a two-way com- you know conversation going on. So I think for the first point and for today, I'm just going to read um, the, the current um, topic, which we're going to look at here today. So it's called The Psychology of Number. Um, I went to a conference recently and this was discussed in quite a lot of detail there. I think it's something a lot of people know quite a bit about already, but I don't think people necessarily think about it too greatly. So for now, I'm just going to read the actual blog post because um, I figured that was easier than, you know, paraphrasing it or rewording it. And then I'll just come into a little couple of little points at the end as well. So like I say, I want most of these posts to be, most of these um, episodes on the podcast to be 15 minutes or less, because often I'll listen to things and it'll be going on for 45, 50 minutes and not everyone's got enough time in the day. You know, we all want our information to the point, don't we really? So the psychology of number. So have you ever considered the value of number and what it means? From the numbers you choose in pricing to numbers in an article, it all says something about the product or service, even subconsciously. So retail pricing. Retail pricing tends to be expressed as odd prices. For example, 199. There is evidence to suggest that customers view these odd prices as being lower than they actually are. Um, psychologically, we know that people tend to round down and not up when they should do. So 199 is more commonly associated with one pound instead of two. Odd numbers. Odd numbers are generally used within the pricing of products for the reasons set out above. It's the psychology of number we have ingrained in our buying habits. We are used to the pricing of 9.99 or 9.95. It's a well-used strategy and clearly works. But it really does depend upon the product you are marketing and the price you're looking for. Even numbers. Even numbers, on the other hand, can show a difference in a product. In particular, if it is for a higher value. How many higher end products do you see which end in 99? Not that many. They tend to be whole numbers. So if you're trying to market a more expensive item, this could be a tried and tested approach for you. If you think of a product such as a Clarins face cream, we associate this brand with quality and as such they can charge higher prices. This type of product ends in double zero usually. So you might see a price such as £52 or £55. It's never going to end in 95 or 99 This is the accepted norm for this type of product. If you are marketing a luxury product, you want it to scream luxury. And one way to do this is through the pricing. You want customers to understand that it's this price for a reason. This is more important than ever with online shopping, whereby the customer never sees or feels the product before purchase. In that case, photos and pricing and other factors that we can dictate from, you know, from Putting a picture or a, a post on the internet, for example, has to say more than just what the product is. It has to communicate in a different way. Customer choice. It is best with any given product to always give customers between two to four price options wherever possible, with three options being the optimum. So you can call it what you like. We can call it small, medium and large, basic, classic, deluxe. 
it's all the same approach really. We are all accustomed to this type of pricing policy, but don't always use it in our own marketing objectives. As you get used to your customer base, it may be uh, an idea to conduct your own market research. Asking regular customers about pricing is the best way to start. Each business and the application of the psychology of number can differ greatly. If you look at Starbucks, for example, or indeed any food retailer, there is always at least three options. We often see these images online as well. We have the white coffee cup where the coffee is 50 cents or 50 pence in the UK. And then you might have a Starbucks coffee, which is maybe £4.50 or £4, for example. And the whole argument with that is that they can charge more because of branding. All of these larger, you know, more luxury products can charge more because of branding and because of packaging. It's also called the decoy strategy. Um, so, for example, you might have three coffee cups. Like, let's use Starbucks as an example. Obviously, any other coffee company, coffee uh, shop will do the same, really. So a small one might be £5, the medium might be 5 50 and the large is nearly £6, at, say, five, say £5.99. Um, so it's basically a decoy strategy. So it makes the small and the medium option appear overpriced, therefore making the large one look like the best deal. But realistically, they're probably all overpriced. Um, it's just the closeness of the price that you're putting them all together. And that's how that kind of strategy tends to work. So like I say, the power of branding. The only reason Starbucks can charge $6 for a black coffee is because of branding. They've branded them themselves as a provider of quality, great value tasting coffee, whether you agree with that or not. Um, in the same way that Nike are one of the biggest brands also. But when did you last see Nike advertise a pair of trainers or sportswear? They don't. It's as simple as that. Because they don't need to. Their, their brand represents a lifestyle. They are bigger than the product they supply. They're selling you a lifestyle. They're selling you the Nike or Nike lifestyle. So does packaging matter? I personally started off my working life as a buyer with Argos many years ago, spending six years in the Hong Kong buying office. As part of my role, I would often meet with factories and buyers from other companies in the UK. The same factory would often make the same light shade, for example, for Argos as it did for Habitat, John Lewis, Next and others. Often with very little difference to design. Just a different box, essentially, and maybe a slight alteration for that company. Buy cost was always the same. Or so I was told by the factory. The only real change was how much profit was being made by each business. The consumer is willing to pay more in John Lewis, for example, because they are led to believe they're buying from a quality brand, even when they are not. It's the power of marketing. I would often meet with other buyers and other people from different businesses, you know, especially during key buying seasons. You know, I remember notably people from Marks and Spencers. You know, there's always a bit of a, a battle about who was going where and who was meeting who and all this kind of thing. So they often, because I was working for Argos, they often thought they were they were better or a step above you. But realistically, everyone was buying from the same people. That was the point. It was really, I suppose, who was making the most profit. So let's talk lipstick. Poundland or Chanel, which one are you going to go for? Makeup is a prime example of a quality product. The same rules apply though. Factories making the same product for different brands. 
The difference between a Poundland lipstick and Chanel is about £16, but the Chanel customer will always pay more, even if they know it's the exact same product, because they're paying for the packaging, the branding. They want other people to know they can afford Chanel, and they're using it when they reapply their lipstick in a bar or restaurant. So brand is everything. And that's the reason I always instruct businesses we work with to build one of their own. You can't rely on third-party platforms, on e-commerce platforms that are here today, maybe not gone tomorrow, but they might, it might be a very different situation in five or ten years down the line. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Like I say, it's a direct um, read-through, basically, of our, our blog post um, that we have online. So you can find more details of our, of our company and our business at www.bizshiz.co.uk. You can email us or you can find us on any of the major um, social media platforms, be that LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. If you've got any comments, feel free to send us a message or drop us a line and we'd love to hear from you. Have a nice day. Bye bye.